Sling TV, built to save you money and bring you the channels you love, including ESPN, AMC, HGTV, and more. Watch your favorite comedies, dramas, suspense thrillers, news, sports, and more for just $35 a month. And your first month is only $10. Sign up now and start streaming right away on your TV, phone, and tablet. Take control of your TV solution with Sling. It makes TV flat out better. Go to Sling.com to sign up now and get your first month for just $10. Hey, this is Linda Cohn from ESPN, and you're listening to the ML Sports Platter. Sports Platter back with you all over the major platforms. Please do download, subscribe, leave feedback, and a five-star review. We're brought to you by Stanley Law Offices. Visit them online at StanleyLawOffices.com. Together, they'll work to get you the maximum award. Also, a big thank you to the Allen Angus Pub, the Vince Aguirre Consulting Group, Prestwick Golf, and our good pals over at Welch & Company Jewelers. Log on to welchjewelers.com. Shop the showcase today, Welch & Company Jewelers, from engagement rings to wedding rings, bracelets, necklaces, and watches. They have you covered at welchjewelers.com. Go ahead and shop the showcase. Well, it's a brand new book. It's all over uh, online where books are sold, Amazon.com, Barnes & Noble, etc., your local bookstores. It's called The Forgotten First, Kenny Washington, Woody Strode, Marion Motley, Bill Willis, and the breaking of the NFL color barrier. It is Keyshawn Johnson and Bob Glauber. Uh, Keyshawn not able to join the podcast as I originally thought, but Bob Glauber is. And you know a thing or two about Bob. He's covered the NFL uh, since 1985. He's an NFL columnist for New York's Newsday and, uh, of course, has been the president of the Professional Football Writers of America since 2018. Bob, welcome in. How are you? Hey, thanks very much. It was a really um, interesting topic, um, meaningful time in NFL history that is is literally forgotten. Yeah, and, and it's unbelievable to me. I mean, look, no disrespect to Jackie Robinson or, or Larry Doby after that and, and then everybody else, but you know, Roberto Clemente setting the tone from a Latin standpoint in Major League Baseball and a host of others. But the NFL is our big game now. You know, the NFL yeah. is is the sport. It's it's the most watched. It's the most bet on. It's the most popular. It's the highest rated. And yet, we, I mean, they, they don't do anything for these guys. When are they going to change? You know, it's a good question. Um, and, and this is, there, there's no better time than now to honor them. And, and I say that because this is the 75th anniversary. We all love anniversaries, right? Yeah. This is the 75th anniversary of that first season where Kenny Washington and Woody Strode with the Rams and Bill Willis and Mary Motley with the Browns began their professional careers and broke the barrier down for African-American players to come after. Um, what better way, what better time to just acknowledge their contributions and kind of pay tribute to four very very meaningful people um, and, and what they did to help the players that came after. So it, it is a little, a little mind-boggling. Hopefully, you know, there will be some recognition of it um, in the days, months, and, and, and even years ahead because you know that baseball will have a huge deal next year on the 75th anniversary of Jackie Robinson breaking the color barrier. Let's go one by one, just you know, a quick little hit on each of these guys. You know, g- give me, in your opinion, the most impact that each one had. You know, Washington, Strode, Motley, and Willis, one by one, you know, kind of where their impact was felt the most once they got into professional football. Well, you know, Washington was probably the best college player in the 1939 season. Not, not black college player, 
college player, period. He was remarkable in helping UCLA to an unbeaten season, the first in school history. And he, and he played halfback in the single-wing offense, which I learned about, um, and, the, and the halfback in that offense is the, basically the quarterback and the running back. So he led the team in rushing, he led the team in passing, and he was an All-American that year. And he was also overlooked in the NFL draft the same day that he finished his college career in a scoreless tie against USC. Um, they did not have black players in the NFL then. So, you know, he was, you know, he kind of suffered in silence a little bit um, at not getting the opportunity. Um, and part of that is that, you know, that, that's why he is forgotten, that it just, you know, he, he didn't, he wasn't able to challenge it in, in the right way, and he didn't get that opportunity. Um, Strode, boy, what a colorful character in terms of a life that is incredible. He, he was a pioneer in three sports, football, and then after his NFL and CFL career ended, wrestling, pro wrestling, he was on television back in the really old days of, of the beginnings of pro wrestling. And um, then he was a, a famous actor, um, for about 50 years now, not incredibly famous because he should have, he should be more widely known. Um, but Woody Strode played in a bunch of what's called spaghetti Westerns, um, Westerns made in Italy. And one little factoid that people aren't aware of is that Woody pride from the, um, toy story series is named in honor of Woody Strode who died the year before that Tom Hanks, you know, made that, that role famous. Um, Hmm. As far as Motley goes, wow, just just a, a, a man among boys. You know, the, the, he was Jim Brown before Jim Brown, basically. He yeah. just dominated the All-American Football Conference, an all-pro running back, fullback, great blocker, great teammate, and was really the linchpin of um, some spe- spectacular teams uh, that the Cleveland Browns had, four AF- AAFC champions and then a couple of NF- uh, NFL championships after that. Terrific player. Um, and then Bill Willis, maybe one of the quickest defensive linemen in NFL history, was also a forerunner to the middle linebacker in the 3-4 defense, and the 4-3 defense um, because of his uh, versatility as, as a speed defensive player who could cover so much ground and they could drop him off the line of scrimmage if they needed to. So look at Bill Willis, not Sam Huff, as the, uh, uh, the precursor to that 4-3 middle linebacker position. You know, Marion Motley, I mean, he's one of these guys I, I, I lump in with so many others in the old AFL, NFL, the stories I've heard, um, you know, from people who lived in the era and, and watched these guys, they get forgotten. Like Otto Graham was unbelievable. Marion Motley, unbelievable. For some reason, Bart Starr never comes up. You have to list 20 quarterbacks nowadays if, if you're on, you know, national television before you even get to somebody, you know, pre-1970, right? And so... All these guys just, they get lost, and I think it's unfair because a lot of modern football fans will say, well, it was in the 30s and 40s. I mean, come on, were they really even playing football, the leather helmets? You know, they didn't pass it that much. There wasn't evolution, this and that. But these guys were then the stars of that era. That era was how it was, just like today's era is how it was. So I'm actually really pumped that you and Keyshawn Johnson came out with a book like this because I think it's long overdue to, you know, tip a cap to some guys who really deserve a lot of credit, Bob. Yeah, no, no, I appreciate it. I'm glad you think that way because, like, I guess our society is um, really run by what we call it recency bias. Yep. You know, you, you yep. remember what's what's most recently happened. Sometimes, like yesterday. I mean, that's that's how quick we are to, to judge things. But you know, 
it was a it was a formative time in the NFL and the and the and the All American Football Conference with Paul Brown. Um, it was a an important time in the growth of both leagues, and those guys really were kind of like the marquee performers of their time. And and they have been kind of lost in the shuffle as, as far as history goes. And hopefully this will will shine a light on it. And hopefully the NFL will kind of recognize that it, it really is time to honor these guys. And you know they're they're very much into history. Uh, remember the hundredth season a couple of years ago? Uh, that was important to them. Well, you know it, it's important to have seventy five years since the league was reintegrated, and especially in a league that is now seventy percent African American. Yeah. And I guarantee you that 99% of, of all players in the NFL have never heard of these guys, and, and they really should have. What do you hope people say about the book when they get done reading it? Well, I guess I hope they say, wow, four really interesting guys. I had no idea about them. And I think that's, that's the beauty of books. You know, if, if, you're, if you're going to take the time to read a book, you're going to learn something. And, and we think there's a lot to learn about not only these players, but about what they went through, what the country was like, and taking it forward to today's NFL, where a lot of the threads from what was going on back then relate to what's happening now. And a couple of examples, you know, Kenny Washington was a great thrower of the football. He is the first African-American quarterback to throw a ball in NFL history. He threw threw eight passes at least in his rookie season with the Los Angeles Rams. He does not get credit for that in terms of history. And, you know, so, and, and black quarterbacks have struggled, not now, but it has been a struggle for black quarterbacks to gain acceptance. And the other part is Motley wanted to be a coach and never, ever got the opportunity in the NFL. And this is going back to the 1960s. So that was an indication of what was to come and that black uh, coaches still um, have a hard time getting opportunities, especially at the head coaching position. So those threads really run through today's NFL, not just what it was like in 1946. In the final 90 seconds I have with you, um, I, I got to at least get you know you to pump out a couple of takes on the early going of the NFL, just kind of what sure. you've seen, top storylines. And look, I know the rules benefit the quarterbacks and they benefit offensive players, but I mean, what are we going to deal with here with Tom Brady? Is he going to play in the league for 40 years here? My goodness. Jeez. You know, I, I, I alternate between, oh. oh, my God, I'm sick of writing about this guy, and then, oh, my God, this guy is incredible. He is, so man. He gives us no choice. The guy is just, he's a, he's a robo-quarterback, and he is um, incredible. So, you know, he wants to play till 50. I'm not going to bet against it. The guy's. He might, like, you know, he's a top five quarterback right now yeah. and maybe even top three. So, you know, God love him, um, and we'll get enough young quarterbacks to challenge him over time. Love watching Patrick Mahomes. I, th- I think he's the most electrifying player in the NFL right now. Got to love Lamar Jackson. So it, it really is a passing league, um, and it'll stay that way for the foreseeable future. I think people like it that way. No doubt about it. Well, go get the book, folks. It's absolutely incredible. I'm about 150 pages in myself. Keyshawn Johnson and Bob Glauber. It's the Forgotten First, Kenny Washington, Woody Strode, Mary Motley, Bill Willis, and the breaking of the NFL color barrier all over major bookstores and uh, online where books are sold. The Forgotten First tells a story of one of the most significant cultural shifts in pro football history as four men opened the door to opportunity 
and change the sport forever. Bob Glauber, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Keep up the great work uh, doing your NFL duties, uh, as always, for Newsday and other outlets, and uh, hope to have you back on. The book is really sensational, man. Take care. Thank you very much, Mike. Really thank you for having me, and appreciate it. Enjoy the rest of the season. And the ML Sports Platter is brought to you by Bryant and Stratton College of Syracuse. Great time to be a Bobcat right now. Go ahead and log on to bryantstratton.edu. bryantstratton.edu. Athletics, academics, and excellence at Bryant and Stratton College. Classes are always starting soon, and oh, by the way, they've got that brand new nursing program as well. So make sure you definitely hit them up at bryantstratton.edu. Fill out that um, questionnaire, and uh, they can help place you a little bit better. We're also sponsored by our good friends at Barks and Rec Doggy Daycare, Liverpool Physical Therapy, and Matt Graham, your State Farm agent. Get a free rate quote if you're in and around the great state of New York today and ask about the rate drop from State Farm, which recently took place with Matt Graham, SyracuseInsuranceAgent.com. That's SyracuseInsuranceAgent.com. So I wanted to spend the the back end of the podcast kind of with breaking down the Sabres um, and, and the clown show that is, um, you know, the, the, fran- the franchise and, you know, the battle between Jack Eichel and, and the franchise. Um, for, for those who don't know, um, you know, the, the, the Sabres uh, and Jack, they've just been, they've been fighting with this thing like crazy back and forth. Um, Eichel hurt his neck. Everybody thought he was going to trade, you know, get traded, etc. Uh, didn't happen. Why would it happen? Why would anybody know the value of Eichel if he still needs neck surgery? And and if you don't know what's going on here, I, by the way, Eichel's only twenty four years old, but he refuses to have the fusion surgery that the team's doctors prefer to repair the herniated disc. Eichel wants to undergo a complete disc replacement, an artificial disc replacement. It's a procedure that's never been performed on an NHL player. Eichel and his doctor want to do that. They don't subscribe to the fusion theory by the team. Uh, So there's battling going on back and forth. Now training camp is basically here, and Eichel has been stripped of his captaincy. Uh, It's just getting uglier and uglier between the two sides. Uh, The Sabres... You know, who do you blame the most, right? Like, you think about it, when it happens like this, you know, remember, Jack Eichel, I also think there this should be a real lesson to, to NHL teams, you know? The Sabres tanked, you know? They tanked to get Connor McDavid, and they ended up with a number two pick, and they got Jack Eichel. Jack Eichel comes in, when he's healthy, he's a great player. But he's also been a little reserved at times. He's been a brat at times. I know a lot of people who cover that hockey team. He is not the greatest uh, slice, greatest thing since sliced bread like so many claim. Uh, he's the so-called leader. He wanted to get paid. He got paid. Uh, he wanted to be uh, you know, a captain. He got the captaincy, right? I mean, all those things happen. He has to own some of this, too. I mean, he has to own what's going on and the relationships and, you know, throwing everybody under the bus in the media and, and, and being a brat and, um, you know, 
be in the face of a franchise that's a complete and utter disaster. Now, on the other side of it, the Sabres are a clown show. The Sabres with Terry Kimpagula, they're basically run opposite of how the Bills are run, right? I mean, they really are. <laughs> like Terry and Kimpagula, they put in all the resources into the Bills. They got they got it right finally after you know hiring Rex Ryan and having you know guys like Doug Whaley, uh, you know, in. And I think Doug did some nice things for the Bills, but he's no Brandon Bean. You know, now you have McDermott. Now you have Bean. You've made the playoffs multiple times. You've won the division. You swept the division last year. And oh, by the way, you were a game away from the Super Bowl. And they keep just pushing and pushing and pushing a lot of things into the Bills. Meanwhile, over on the Sabres side, they give the fan base uh, assurance that uh, Jason Bottrell is going nowhere. And then they fire him uh, within a couple of weeks. Total mis-message there. And then, you know, they eventually bring in Kevin Adams and all the rest. And now... Um, you know, there's a complete and utter fight between Eichel and the Sabres. Um, I happen to think if I had to pick one side, and look, maybe the procedure that's never been done before it, on an NHL player, it, 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 you know, maybe maybe it hasn't been tried, but but try it and it'll work. Like, who's to say that with modern medicine and how everything works, certainly Eichel's surgeon isn't a dummy. Uh, they're very confident in it. You know, maybe, maybe it would work greatly, right? But to me, the fusion surgery seems to be, uh, a you know, a solid enough ask by the team. The only issue is that you might have with it, and I'm not a medical expert, so I'm kind of throwing darts here, uh, and definitely not hitting a bullseye. Um, but the fusion surgery from a few of the things that I've read up on, you know, is it more short-term than long-term? And if that's the case, you're running into problems because it's going to be a continued injury over and over. It's going to be repetitive. And Eichel's 24 years old. So is he going to have another herniated disc problem in two years? Is he going to have another problem uh, in at 28, at 30? Uh, you know, maybe, maybe it's going to be a recurring thing. I don't know. But I, what I do know is that it's gotten really ugly with the Sabres and Jack Eichel. And, you know, it was all we've read from everybody under the sun, from my man Bill Hoppy to John Vogel to Mike Harrington, to everybody who covers the Sabres. It's inevitable. It's inevitable. The, you know, the Sabres are going to trade Jack Eichel. The marriage is, is over with. The, you know, the, it's too stale. There's been too many things said about uh, e- either side, too many uh, people thrown under the bus. Blah, 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 right? We've heard that. Well, guess what? We went the entire offseason. We have gone through the first couple of days of camp talk. We have, we're going to go through a few, and Eichel's still a Sabre. And we've gone through him getting his captaincy pulled, and he's still a Sabre. This is a mess, and it's just an ugly look. And by the way, if I'm... Sam Reinhart and I'm Ristolainen, uh, Rasmus Ristolainen. I'm like, dude, this is awesome. I'm so glad I'm out of there right now because think about the entire NHL, right? Like, think about sports in general as well. This is basically like, and I'm not saying Jack Eichel is Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes or Connor McDavid, but he is the face of his respective franchise. So this would be like Edmonton going toe-to-toe with Connor McDavid. This would be like Sidney Crosby and the Penguins arguing over an injury situation and the future of that player. This would be exactly the same way if it were Tom Brady 
you know, uh, preferring one surgery and the Buccaneers saying we want it this way. Same with the Mahomes, same with the Steph Curry, same with the LeBron. You know, it, Jack Eichel's the face of the Buffalo Sabres. And so it, it's it's getting, it, it's gotten really ugly. And I think it's going to get even more ugly uh, with, with this, with this situation. And, you know, frankly, you know, this could, this could actually hang over the Sabres for quite a while. Um, you know, number one, Eichel failed his physical to, to, to no, no one's surprise, right? I mean, let's, let's, you know, enough already. Yeah, of course he's going to fail the physical, you know, he's got, he's got a, He's got a herniated. He's his neck is screwed up. How's he going to pass a physical? Of course he's going to pass. You know, of course he's going to fail a physical. Um, you know, and so his captaincy gets stripped. His physical is failed. No surprise. And 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 now we are entering the season, and Eichel's still a saber, and he can't play. And there there's no positive anywhere. Because they didn't figure out the next situation, you couldn't trade him. You know, because you didn't figure out the next situation, you know, you, you, you couldn't, maybe that small glimmer of hope in the end that maybe maybe Jack Eichel will still stay here and be happy and we can, you know, kind of solve the, the issue. Maybe, maybe we can kind of turn this into the Aaron Rodgers-Packers situation, right? Where, like, he was mad, he wanted out, he's pissed off, he wants more help, blah, blah, blah. Throw, throw him under the bus. The two sides are fighting the entire offseason. He's off screwing around in Hawaii. He's growing long hair, probably smoking a bunch of weed. Uh, and then, you know, let's face facts. You know, all of a sudden the season starts and it's kumbaya. Let's go. Uh, Green Bay got murdered uh, by the Saints, but then they came back and slaughtered the Lions. And, and you know, they they got a big game as I record this this Sunday uh, against the 49ers. It seems like they play at San Fran every other week, by the way. Um, but, you know, you 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 couldn't trade Jack Eichel, and you couldn't have a glimmer of hope to keep Jack Eichel because the next situation got to this point. I almost, you know, I said earlier, you know, with the team, I, I kind of gave my yay and nays on the Eichel side and on the Saber side, but I'm almost. I, I almost blame, if I have to blame, I mean, a lot of it for me is 50-50, but if I, if, you know, gun to my head, if I had to pick a side, I almost would pick Eichel by a bare, just a very wee bit for two reasons. One, the Sabres have shown absolutely nothing to me as a franchise as far as having things buttoned up, right? I mean, let's be honest. They've shown nothing. They haven't made the playoffs since 2011. They haven't won a playoff series since 2007. It's just an embarrassment. Uh, you know, they screw up every front office pick. They don't know how to develop players. They seem to know how to draft every other year. Uh, uh, they can't get the goalie situation figured out. Um, you know, it's a million. It's, you know, they're horrible. The product on the ice is bad. Terry and Kimple Google, I don't know as if they're, I mean, it's more a Terry's baby because he loves hockey, but I'm not quite sure that uh, you know, <laughs> Terry Pagula and Kim Pagula even, I mean, are they on the radar compared to the Bills? You know, they're, they're messing up jersey retirements. Uh, they're not putting money into uh, into the arena, right? Like the chairs are breaking. You see pictures of cracked shit all over the place there. You know, that's one reason. And then number, my other reason is this. If I'm the team, right, and clearly the marriage has gone south, 
and clearly everyone expects Eichel to be traded, including Eichel and the Buffalo Sabres front office, Kevin Adams and company. Wouldn't you, if you were a friend, and I just thought of this last night, wouldn't you, if you are Kevin Adams, say to yourself, wait a minute, hang on a minute. He doesn't want our fusion surgery. Okay, what do we care? We're going to be trading him anyway, right? Like, we're going to be, is, 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 is Eichel's team, his medical people, like, they, they want the artificial disc replacement. If he gets the disc replacement, is that going to all of a sudden say, like, let's say it doesn't go as well as planned, but it's still better than they thought. Isn't Eichel then still tradable because he can play and he had it fixed? I mean, are, if you're the Sabres, aren't you willing to say, hey, you know what, to hell with it. Let Eichel do what he wants. Let him get the damn thing repaired totally. No fusion surgery. Right when it's done, right when he's cleared to play, uh, we're good to go. And, and then I'm going to start making calls again to the Ducks, to the Rangers, to the Wild, to uh, Vegas, to everybody to take Jack Eichel off my hands. And by the way, now you can't even do that because all this time has gone by. You could have done it five or six months ago. You could have done it a long time ago. You could have said to Eichel, hey, you know what? Hell with it. Because he's had this neck thing going on for a long time. The, all these things, these problems, the battle, the neck, it's all gone back to the end of last season. It's all gone back. I mean, we're almost in October at another NHL season starting. And do the math, man. October back to September, August, July, June, May, April, March. We're dealing with six, seven, eight months here. They should have, right out of the gate, when they were battling, hey, you know what, Jack? Sure, go ahead, do your thing. Because one of two things is going to happen. One, the surgery isn't going to be as solid as Eichel and his team thought, or it's going to be a flourishing, unprecedented, uh, historical, monumental, whatever word you want to use, medical thing that takes place, in which then it could set the table, and oh, by the way, if he gets this thing repaired, and he's cleared, and he's playing, and he's okay, and he looks good, his value skyrockets, and oh, by the way, other players with the same injury down the line will say, F the fusion, I'm going for a repair. I'm going for a disc replacement. So the Sabre, you know, look, if I had to pick one side by a smidge who I favor, and, and defend, it's Eichel and his team over the Sabres, but it's close. It might be 55, 45-ish. Uh, hell, it might even be 52, 48. Uh, and that's the reason why. I mean, I, I just would, if I'm Kevin Adams and I know I'm going to trade Jack Eichel, I just assume say to hell with it right now. Go do your thing. Let's take our chances that, you know, Eichel is uh, is going to get this 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 re- repaired, uh, you know, disc. He's going to just get the full repair, the full reconstruction, and it's going to turn out great, and we're done. And then we can trade him. You know, and his value goes back to being a top 10 player in the NHL. You know, it goes back to being one of the best two-way centermen. It goes back to a guy who's, you know, look, he makes a lot of money. But it goes back to a guy who absolutely, positively can get it done on a daily basis. A guy who can front, you know, and center your uh, fr- your first line. A guy who can put up 100 points a year. A guy who's an MVP candidate every year when he's healthy. You know? I mean, just take your chances on it. Just say, screw it, because we're going to trade him anyway. You know, and then, or, you know, look, say that he can do it, but put a clause in it. 
say, hey, if this doesn't work and we, you know, are devalued and your value is gone and we can't trade you, we can't get pieces in for the rebuild to put with Cousins and other players and Middlestat and, and, and Rasmus Dahlin, right, and all these other players, you know, Yoki Haru, then, then uh, you know, Pekka Lutonen, you know, if this doesn't work the way you say it will, the way your medical people say it will, here's what happens for us, here's what happens for you. Hey, NHL, we need you to get involved because there's no way we should be even close to dealing with this guy against the salary cap. Those things should be on the on the table. They should be in the documents. So this thing isn't going anywhere. I think it could linger for a long time. It's classic Sabres. It's classic Clown Show. It's classic Loserville. And I'm so over this franchise. I'm so over the way the Pagoulers are, are handling these guys. I wish they'd sell the team to a hockey mogul who's not only got a ton of money, but got a ton of passion and really wants this thing. Put all your energy into the Bills and go to win a championship and somebody else can fix the damn Sabres because this is an absolute clown show. The ML Sports Platter is brought to you by our great friends over at Ken's Auto Detailing, Burton Ace Hardware, Camillus Golf Club, and Sit Means Sit Dog Training. Go ahead and log on to sitmeansit.com. If you are in and around Central New York, it's Syracuse's best dog training Call today for a free evaluation, 315-437-3647. That's 315-437-3647. Syracuse's best dog training is at Sit Means Sit Syracuse. Log on to sitmeansit.com. Sitmeansit.com, one of 147 franchise locations across the United States. Thanks for listening. I'm on Twitter, at Mike L Sports. And as I always tell you, enjoy the games. Your favorite things feel made for you. Your education should, too. University of Maryland Global Campus, formerly University of Maryland University College, was made to serve the military and working adults like you. Today, we continue that tradition by offering frequent start dates so you can get started with convenient online learning that fits your schedule, by recognizing your accomplishments with credits you can earn for what you know, by providing no-cost online resources replacing most textbooks because a college education can fit your budget too. And with no SAT or GRE required for most programs. University of Maryland Global Campus. Made for you. Last year, we awarded more than $15 million in scholarships to qualified students, including community college students, service members, veterans, and working adults just like you. Discover how we can make your education and your goals for the future a reality. Visit us at umgc.edu. That's umgc.edu. Certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV. 
Sling TV, built to save you money and bring you the channels you love, including ESPN, AMC, HGTV, and more. Watch your favorite comedies, dramas, suspense thrillers, news, sports, and more for just $35 a month. And your first month is only $10. Sign up now and start streaming right away on your TV, phone, and tablet. Take control of your TV solution with Sling. It makes TV flat out better. Go to Sling.com to sign up now and get your first month for just $10. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.